0: It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of x 929s X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna.
1: For House of Cars. It's Friday, January 14th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Welcome to the PissCast. Shauna's still away. She's off on Monday as well. I think she's back on Tuesday. I was going to take Monday off. It's been a long, long week. <laughs> and then my boss is like, you can't. Shauna's still gone. I was like, oh, cool. So I don't know. Maybe I'll take a day off later next week. Um... But yeah, it was a busy week here. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend. I've got a a pack of nice beer waiting for me at home that I'm going to crack into tonight. It's the uh, Cabin Brewing's Sunshine Rain IPA, if you're interested, if you're into beer. Very, very good. Might get a bit of work done in the shop. Might go see Dune at some point. I haven't seen the new Dune movie, and I've heard really good things. I do want to bring you up to date, though, on, do you remember Marty Milne, who we were talking about, who has that crazy permed skullet? You may have even remember seeing his face on your podcast app. Well, I got an update from Marty and he got his driver's license back. And the photo is, just, it's, it's art. It's, it's beautiful. I don't, the best way I could describe it is that Marty looks afraid of his own face. So <laughs> I will, he sent it to me via TikTok. So I will link that video in the description of this podcast. I don't know if, uh, if you can view things if you don't have TikTok, I think you can. I'd give it a try. On today's show, a prediction I made a while ago is starting to come true, and I'm going to gloat about it. I'm going to talk about something I'm still upset about, which probably shouldn't be. I'm going to talk about how songs end, whether they fade or whether there's a cold ending, and why that might be. I also think I've discovered the male version of astrology and healing crystals, which of course aren't limited to just females, but they're definitely female-heavy, those two things. This one... Is the pseudoscience that apparently quite a few men believe in? But first,
0: the BNS and twenty minutes or less podcast.
1: This old clip popped up in my feed the other day, and it's uh, it's a pretty famous clip, even for a guy like me who doesn't follow skiing. If you do follow skiing, I'm sure you know it well, but otherwise, it might be new to you. Uh, in In Utah, there's this backcountry feature called Chad's Gap, and it's like 120 feet, 130 feet from the takeoff to the landing. And back in 2005, a skier named Tanner Hall was filming back there, and he came up a bit short on the gap. Um, you're going to hear the camera shutters at the beginning of this clip, and then you're going to hear his slam, and then you'll hear his reaction. Ow! Broke! My ankles are broken! My ankles are broke! My ankles are broken! broken! I got right. broken ankles! He's coming, come! Yeah, I, mean, I shouldn't laugh. You really, sh- you should not laugh because it's a nasty, nasty slam. Like it's a scary crash. But his reaction's pretty funny too, isn't it? Like, <laughs> ow, bro! My ankles are broken. My ankles are broke. His ankles broken! are broken. I got broken ankles. He's coming. Oh! The funniest part is the the other guy. Not even Tanner who's screaming, but the other guy who confirms. That, in fact, the ankles are broken? My ankles are broke! His ankles are broken! I got broken ankles! That guy right there, like, his ankles are broken. Yeah, man, we can all hear. We all saw it. We can all hear. VNS in
0: 20 minutes or less. If you
1: listen to the show regularly, you will know that we often make fun of astrology and crystals and some of that New Age stuff for being pseudoscientific baloney, hogwash, poppycock, horse feathers. It, can you call that stuff pseudoscience, really, though? like I, I, The definition of pseudoscience is a collection of beliefs or practices mistakenly regarded as being based on scientific method. I don't think anyone thinks astrology is based in science, do they? Other than the fact that it involves stars, and th- and some people get astrology and astronomy mixed up. Those are two very different things, very different things. But I think people just believe in it, right? And I sometimes feel bad because I think more women than men probably subscribe to that school of thought and it probably feels like we're going after women. So I found another one. I thought of another one the other day that I think definitely skews more male, especially if you go back historically, the practice known as water dousing, also known as water witching, also known as water divining. And if you aren't familiar, basically, if you need to find water on a given piece of land, if you need to dig a well, you can have a water witcher come out and they'll take either like a a branch from a tree, like a like a wishbone-shaped branch, or they'll take two witching sticks, they're called, and they'll walk around. And then when they walk over top of water, the sticks are supposed to move. That's the idea there. And if you search, how do I find water underground on Google, you will get options for water dowsers, along with like legitimate services as well, where they'll come out and they'll find a spot for you to drill a well. But you're also going to get some of these guys. So you have the choice between hiring a hydrologist who could come out and do a geological survey, locate the water table, and then you drill there. Or you could get a dude to come up with a stick. <laughs> That's another option, too. He's going to come up. He's probably going to be wearing a safari hat. He's going to have a couple of sticks, and he's going to walk around a bit. And then when his magic sticks start to move, well, then you pay the man. Well, I think we may have found the male version of astrology or healing crystals. Uh, and I got this call from Steve. I
0: just called the comments on the water witching.
1: Yeah. I've, I've been taught by someone who knows it well, and I thought it was bullshit, and it worked. How does it work, though? It's, you have to hold them so level that they basically float in your hands because they're bent on a 90 degree. You hold them straight out, and as soon as you walk over a waterline underground, they will cross. It is wild. My boss, before he gets the locates, the locate guys to show up on site. He will be within one or two feet of the
0: gas lines and the water lines underground.
1: Is he a witch? Is your boss a witch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: then it'll work.
1: You know, and Steve is not alone here. I got lots of messages from people who said basically the same thing. I can't explain it, but it works. I, I can do it. I know someone who can do it. And I don't understand it, but it appears to work. Thing is, though, I mean, there have been experiments... Devised to try to to prove that it can work to people who claim they can find underground water or buried lines using sticks, basically, um, to prove that they, they they can actually do it. Like, uh, th- I got a message from a friend of the show, Jamie, with a video from Richard Dawkins, and he devised this test where you know the the participants agreed to the conditions of it, and they said we can we can tell where water is just using our dousing sticks. And they failed the test, or like James Randi, and he's done this for all kinds of different paranormal claims, but he he's tested water dowsers too, and offered prize money if they could if they were successful in these experiments, and they weren't. So, I mean, I'm I'm just reading here, and they this is what it says on Wikipedia. Obviously, not the best source, but it says dowsers often achieve good results because random chance has a high probability of finding water in favorable terrain. So basically they're saying anybody could go out there and find it you don't really need this special skill or maybe it's not even that the the water witching is working or in the example steve gave i mean if you kind of know the rough location of where the lines might be buried well then you could probably get pretty close right with your sticks or not so i don't know i just think if it actually worked like why would you ever pay a geologist to come in and do a survey why why would you pay that big money why wouldn't you just Get Buddy with his sticks out there. The
0: b and 20 minutes or less podcast. I
1: had a business idea, and I'm going to pitch it to you just like you, you would pitch a business on Dragon's Den or in an elevator or whatever. I'm going to tell you the problem, and then I'm going to give you my business solution to that problem. So the problem is that there are things you can't do as an adult that are still fun. Like, you can't go on the swings at the park as an adult. I was walking through the park the other day, and I walked past the swings, and I was like, I couldn't just get on these and start swinging. That would be a weird thing to do, wouldn't it? I mean, there's no law against it. An adult could go to the park and start swinging by themselves if they wanted to, but you would freak everyone out. You'd probably get a nickname in the neighborhood. People would have, they'd have one eye on you all the time. Just too bad. The other thing I thought of recently is, um, last last year for his birthday, we bought my oldest son, Bo a GT a GT snow racer, and sometimes he lets me ride it. And it's still so much fun. But it would be a very weird thing to do if I were to just take a GT and go to the neighborhood hill and start sliding by myself, right? A grown man? That'd be a weird thing to do, but it's no less fun. But you kind of need kids with you to do that. I mean, you can, you can sort of do the, some of these things with like if you're with a group of friends and you're kind of being silly about it. Maybe it's like after dark and you've had a couple drinks. Then maybe you could go on the swings or you could go down the hill on a GT. But... Couldn't really do it like in broad daylight by yourself as a grown man. You need kids with you. So here's the solution. I rent out my children for these things. Now, you're not just going to send your kids with a stranger, right? So it's probably like a stripper coming to a bachelor party. They're going to need some sort of chaperone, some sort of bodyguard with them. But I think the kids would love it. Someone wants to take me to the park. Someone wants to take me sledding. Hell yeah, let's do that. And then the adult gets to partake in all these things that are still fun but aren't socially acceptable to do by yourself as an adult. You know, that's antisocial behavior. But if I let you borrow my kids, it's probably fine. I have a better solution. There's this program called Big Brother, Big Sisters. I'm 33 years old, and i me ADHD like crazy. And uh, I'm the heart of a five-year-old. Yeah. So what I did is I signed up for Big Brother, Big Sister. I met a kid who was seven years old at the time. That was six years ago. He's 12 now. And I get to go do all this fun stuff with them on a weekly basis, like sledding and going to, like, laser tag and the big box and flying squirrel. Man, it's the best thing man, ever. So I never even thought about how big brothers and big sisters has already solved this problem, haven't they? they- yeah, man. And we need people, like me and people who adults, who want to go do all that fun stuff. Like, right <laughs> now, they're screaming for people to come help and help these kids. The S
0: and 20 Minutes or Less podcast.
1: Yesterday on the show, I was talking about just how – how dark the news is right now and how tough it is to even write a newscast that isn't all about COVID because everything is about COVID and I'm just tired of reading that news. And I got a a message from a friend of the show, Ashley, who agreed. She said she's also tired of the news today. She said, what if you just started repeating good stories from years past? Like if you took the headlines from 2018 and just read those stories. And I said, that's an interesting idea. Let's do that. So I I pulled these headlines from the Calgary Herald. This, This is from this week four years ago, 2018. I got three stories here for you. East village to see flurry of milestone development in 2018. And this story was all about how the new library was set to open and like Luke's cafe was going to be on the ground floor and that both of those things happened and it's awesome. And then they were talking about the area and kind of how they were expecting new condos. They were expecting a boutique hotel which must be the Alt Hotel, I'm thinking, and then how a new grocery store wasn't expected in the area until sometime in 2019. And I think it took a bit longer than that, but there is a grocery store there now, and the East Village has just come a long way and it''s it's, it's a great place to hang out. Uh, the other story that next story was the world's biggest YMCA opens in Rocky Ridge with library rinks and gymnasiums. So that was the first week that the Rocky Ridge YMCA opened. and if you've been there, it's an incredible facility. So that was a hopeful story, too. And then there was this one. This was an opinion piece. Nasty mobs shouldn't have been allowed to throw cold water on naked swim. Do you remember that? Remember when our biggest problem as a city was that a bunch of naked people wanted to go for a swim? Like, my God, what a different time. Those three headlines. And there were, I mean, there were some negative headlines in there, too, but just the optimism that you could find in the news, even four years ago. And if you had asked me at the time, What I thought of the news, I probably would have told you that I thought it was pretty dark, but we just, we had no idea what was going to come, right? Like in comparison to the news today, that was a joy back then. We were talking about exciting new buildings and naked people who wanted to go swimming. Now it's just COVID. Everyone has COVID. Be afraid. COVID. I could so go for a naked swim right now.
0: The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast.
1: When Ashley sent me that email, she actually gave me... Two dates, she said. If you took, if you took the news for the headlines from 2018 or like 1999 or something, I think is what she said. So I first looked at 1999. I was like, well, let's go back 22, 23 years and see what was happening in the world then. And it was on this day in 1999 that Toronto had to call in the the army to help shovel them out from the storm they had, and they were widely mocked for that. Look how soft they are in Toronto. They need the army to help them shovel. But, you know, and I've heard that. I've heard that story repeated. I didn't realize that they got 100 centimeters of snow in that storm, though. And that's not a small amount of snow. That is a meter of snow. So it seems like they're less deserving of the mockery when you hear it put like that. The other thing is, I've decided recently that I don't think we should be so quick to criticize politicians who bring in the military, whether it's for snow or for COVID. Like... The Canadian forces are there to help, right? And it shouldn't really cost political capital if you if you do need to ask for help.
0: BNS in 20 minutes or less.
1: You love your car. Bet you'd love lower interest and lower payments
0: too. Refinance your auto loan with House of Cars and love the freedom of having more money in your pocket. Visit houseofcarscalgary.com. The BNS in 20 minutes or less
1: podcast. Okay, pay attention to how this song ends right here. Not the sax, but just listen. You hear how it just kind of fades away to nothing? Have you ever wondered why some songs do that? Why some songs fade out and some songs have like a distinct hard ending, what they call a cold ending? And this is really important in radio. We actually, like in our software, there's notation on each song to show how it ends because it affects. When we start talking, it affects what comes after the song that plays. And it used to be very, very common. Like in the 70s and 80s, so many songs would end like that. They'd end with a fade, some really, really long fades. Not so much anymore. And I I messaged Matt Berry last night and I said, can you think of some recent examples like from the last year of big songs that end on fades? And he he sent me some examples like this one. That one's got a nice long fade. Canon's bad dream. How about this one? That's Vance Joy. I like those toms at the end. Um, one more. It's so weird that some songs end like that and some have a cold ending. And I've never really liked the fade out because when you hear a song live, you're like, well, how are they going to end this? It doesn't sound right. So there are a few different reasons for why it was popular. And we in the radio business are one of those reasons because most songs that get on the radio are like three, three and a half minutes long. So producers who had like a longer song to work with would make a radio cut of that song that just faded out during one of the choruses around like the three or three and a half minute mark. There's also some research to suggest that a faded song lives in our brains longer than a cold one. Like it gives the impression that the song kind of goes on forever. And they said like, they did a test where people were tapping their feet and they said people continue to tap their feet longer after the song had faded as opposed to a song with a cold ending. So there are reasons for it. It's not just like, not just like a choice, like a, like a random decision that's made, but. I don't know. I always preferred the cold ending because it's like in a live context, you can hear where that song ends. If it fades out, it feels like they're going to play the song forever.
0: The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast.
1: Remember how much the ending of Game of Thrones sucked? I just thought about this the other day. It just popped into my head out of nowhere, and then I was upset all over again. I hadn't thought about it since the show ended. It's like. It's incredible how that show was such a cultural phenomenon. Like, it took over the whole world for a bit at its peak there. And if you didn't watch Game of Thrones, I'm sure you felt pretty left out during that period of time. And then the last couple of seasons and the ending were so bad that everyone stopped talking about it immediately. And now it occupies almost no space in pop culture. Like, how often do you hear Game of Thrones referenced anymore? That is really an achievement. That's something. To go from being the biggest piece of pop culture in the world to something that barely anybody talks about that quickly, the way I've heard it told, like how it went down, was that the showrunners, the two guys who created who ran the show, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, they had a deal to go work on a, a Star Wars project with Lucasfilm. So that's the the fan theory is that's why the ending of Game of Thrones was so rushed because these guys wanted to get out of that commitment and get onto the Star Wars thing. And the funny thing is they never ended up even making those Star Wars films. And it really, it's like it's salt in the wound for someone like me who is a fan of the book series that Game of Thrones is based on, George Two Rs Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire, because I think most fans have accepted that George will never finish those books in his lifetime. So the show is the only ending that we're likely to ever get. That is the conclusion that we get to this story that we spent so much time with. There's really no reason for bringing this up. It came into my head the other day, and then I was upset again, and I thought, I, and I wanted you to share in that with me.
0: BNS in 20 minutes or less.
1: This story slipped under my radar last week, and I only heard about it because of uh, Matt Barry and Andrew Barridge, who are filling in for uh, next afternoons right now. Barry and Berridge. Um, Spain has just passed a law to consider dogs as legal family members, and this is particularly when it comes to like divorce court and divorce settlements where now instead of treating dogs and cats like like a like a like an object, like property, they're gonna be treated as like a family member and there will be, you know, custody implications for that going forward. And it's funny because I have been predicting this for years. And then I came in this morning and I opened up our text line and got a message in front of the show, Jordan, who had texted Matt and Andy last night and said, Beckler's been predicting this for years. I have I think these are like the first steps toward a social movement that we're going to see in our lifetime, which will be a push for dogs and maybe cats too, to have like full, basically full rights, like full full personhood to the point where I wouldn't be surprised if before I die, we're going to see a time where you you couldn't refuse a dog access to a building. Although I wonder, I was thinking about this last night. And I was like, I wonder if, like I wonder if there would be some sort of legal mechanism similar to how you can refuse Minors access to a building. You know, if you're under 18, you can't go in certain places. I wonder if they could do the same thing, like for health reasons, health and safety reasons for dogs. But I think that time is 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 coming, and I think these are the first little warning signs that you're seeing of it. And I'm sure some people will be on board. I think it's, uh, I think it's a bit absurd, but um, <laughs> like not that not that the, the dogs are going to be part of like custody debates. I think that's that probably makes sense. I'm talking more about like where I think we're eventually going to end up. And I've also predicted that I'm going to be in a lot of trouble when that happens, because everything I'm saying right now is going to exist on the internet forever. And one day I think people will maybe look back and say, oh, remember what Beckler said about dogs? He doesn't think dogs are people. Cancel him. VNS
0: in 20 minutes or
1: less. Sean and I like to do a segment called, What Are You Grateful For? It's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a quick little exercise to remind yourself of the good things in your life and I've got three quick ones here today. Feel free to text me yours too. I really enjoy reading them at 403 238 9929. Or if you just want to think about it wherever you are, that's, I mean, still achieves the purpose of the exercise. So the first one is the Chinook we're having. I'm very grateful for this weather. Like going to work this more every day this week has been a treat. Instead of walking out in the freezing cold, it's been so nice. So that's number one. Number two, grateful to see my kids every night. They're out of town right now uh, and they're visiting some family. And you know, when, when they go, I enjoy the breaks for like a day or two, and then I start to miss them. And I even, like, I put their toys away and I close their, the doors to their rooms, because then I get, I get sad if I see it. So for, you know, for people who work away, or for parents who have shared custody with their kids, like, I'm sure there are times when you enjoy the break from them, and you can kind of take some time for yourself, maybe go out. But I'm sure you also do a lot of missing them, too. So I'm grateful that I don't have to do that. Uh, and the third thing is I'm very grateful for the people who listen to this show. I get so many messages and calls and texts throughout the week from people who are just very intelligent and very funny and I really enjoy getting to speak to you every morning so I'm grateful for that as well.
0: BNS in 20 minutes or less. My
1: mom called last night and she told me that her friend's daughter has a friend who was on Jimmy Kimmel recently for a date that she went on. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So the before the date, the guy gave her a questionnaire and it was in it was a Google form. And when she told me this, my initial reaction was like, well, that seems a bit disturbing. Like, answer all these questions before we date. But it was actually, it was the furthest thing from that. Like, first he, he gave her six options for what they would do on the date, which she could select from. And then he asked, like, how she would be dressing for the date so that he could match the level of fanciness or unfanciness, that kind of stuff. Like, what kind of food she liked. I was like, that's a really good idea can't mess that up then, right? It's based on your responses. Then he sent her then he sent her an actual like digital invitation for the date. Kind of it looks not unlike one you would get for I don't want to say a wedding because it implies that you're going to get married, but it's like a formal invitation, right? That was clearly designed. And then my favorite part, after the date, he sent her an exit survey. On a scale of awkward to charming, how would you rate Grant's performance? 1 to 5? You know, I would say probably like a 4, not because of his specifically awkwardness, but there was awkwardness cuz it's a first date and that's just how it goes. At any point in our date did you experience the following symptoms? Um, just a whole list of ridiculous symptoms. I <laughs> think that is that is so funny. And the game on this fella. The game on him. I mean, it it worked. He got the date and she seems she's talking about it. It seems like she really enjoyed it. So what an, what an absolute gentleman there's always a way, fellas. There's always a way.
0: You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast
1: for House of Cars. Until January 15th, enter to have House of Cars wipe out your debt for free. No strings attached. Visit HouseofCarsCalgary.com. You
0: want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative, X929. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.